spirit, sit in the spirit. All over the world.
Alright, good evening everybody. It's another beautiful evening that the Lord has made that we should rejoice and be glad in it. For about 30 seconds, begin to minister to the Lord. Father, we thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you. <laughs> we thank you. We thank you. We give you glory. Can somebody tell him thank you? Can you lift your voice? In praise. And just say thank you to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Exalt you, Lord. We give you praise. We'll give you praise. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray.
Someone declares my month of laughter. It's our month of laughter. Somebody is not laughing or even smiling while you are putting up the emoji. Somebody is not laughing or smiling while you are putting, while you are declaring the emoji. I just frowning your face with a straight face and declaring my month of laughter. That's not how it works. It must be deliberate. It's our month of laughter. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Everyone say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Tonight, I've come to receive from you. Say, Lord, tonight, I have come to receive from you. Say, Lord, whatever you do tonight, don't pass me by. Say, Father, whatever you do tonight, don't pass me by. Remember me. Touch my life. And give me an amazing testimony. In the name of Jesus. Lift your voice in prayer now. Lift your voice in prayer now. Whatever you do tonight. Don't pass me by. Whatever you do tonight. Don't pass me by. Remember me, change my story. Remember me, give me favor. Remember me, open my doors. Remember me, settle me. 
Remember me. Turn things around. Remember me. Make me fruitful. Remember me. Give me victory over that court case. Remember me. Help me. Remember me. Settle me, Lord. Don't pass me. Don't pass me. Don't pass me. Don't pass me, Lord. 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 Don't pass me. Let my documents be granted. Let my doors be open. Send, O oh God, your healing grace. Extend your healing power. Oh, Yakapalada, Shabila Devedesis, Matiato Zakapanda Gadesis, Ruka Safaladesis, O Tabaladis, Kilamanda Gadades, Suka Palatisha Baladasis, Elamanda Catosa Palatis, Capeleto Safali Grinimasis. Oh, Yamana, Sifeladesis. Makapaladesis. Remember also, God. Extend your healing power, O God. Let your favor come upon us, O God. Let your grace. Come upon us, O God. Let your grace come upon us, O God. Let your door be open to us, O God. Elamana Shabaladasis. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, Father, we thank you tonight. I pray and I ask that your hand be extended to us. Your hand of mercy be extended to us. Your finger be extended to us. Your mighty power be extended to us. Father, let someone be healed. Let chains break. Let doors open. Let situations be turned around to the glory of your name. Whatever that appears impossible in our life, Lord, tonight let your power be introduced to that situation. Let it be turned around. 
Let it be turned around. Let it be turned around. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, it's another beautiful evening. Let's have a beautiful time in God's presence. Luke chapter 7. Unfortunately, ECG is disobeying the scriptures. Bible said, let there be light, but ECG said no. So where we are currently, there's no light. Everywhere is dark like dark. So if ECG, if ECG was there when they were creating the world, it would have been problem. ECG and Nigeria Nepal. When God said, let there be light, they will start arguing. The darkness and the heat is not funny. I've been driving right around town just to buy time. Maybe the light will come. They say they are not bringing light. If you stay outside, mosquito, you stay inside, heat. Where do we go from here? Ella was enjoying AC driver, right? Now she's doing one, 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 one. Just pray she doesn't cry. Why she cry? Hotel, street. All right, let's do this very fast then. God help us. Let's get to Luke 7 from verse 11. Luke 7 from verse 11. We read down to 16. Luke 7, 11 to 16. And it came to pass the day after now anytime you see this statement in your bible it tells you that the situation was on ground and that situation got shifted so let me prophesy to somebody before we continue that that sickness in your body shall come to pass that financial situation it will pass that court case will pass that child you are waiting for, it will come and pass. That marriage problem you are in, it will come and pass. The job, the delay in getting a job, it will come 
and it will pass. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. By this time next year, you will be telling testimonies of your current situation. By this time next year, you will be telling testimonies of your current situation. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's get the scripture. Let's flow. God help me. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Note that many of his disciples and much people. Note that very well. It's going to help in what we are doing today. Much people. Verse 12. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man. Note that there was a dead man. Carried out the only son of his mother. Note that also there was a dead man who happens to be the only son of the mother. And she was a widow. Also mark that. She was a widow. So the only son is dead. And the woman husband was also dead. So all the men in her life has been taken away. And much people of the city was with her. I wanted to mark that place again. Bible is anything Bible says is for a reason. If you don't take note of it, you will not be able to actually understand or enjoy the story. Much people were with her. And yet none of them could replace the son or the husband. Let's read from verse 13 now. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Mark that word, weep not. Let's go. Let's continue. Let's continue. And he came and touched the bear, and they that bear him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Wow. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came fear, there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen upon risen up among us, and that God had visited his people. May God bless his word in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you give me wisdom to share your word. Put your word in my mouth. Open our ears and our hearts to receive. Lord, let Jesus be glorified. And let Satan be put to shame completely. Doubt and unbelief be lifted out of our heart. And let faith come. Let results come. Let testimony come. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to talk in the next few minutes from tears to laughter. From tears to laughter. From tears to laughter. If you can hear me clearly, declare that right now, and that will be your portion. From tears.
to laughter. From tears to laughter. From tears to laughter. You know, in, in this month of laughter, it is important that we know what Jesus has done and what he can still do. The Bible said Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture we read spoke about a family. The man, was, the father of the house was dead. The only son was dead, and he was left with one woman. One woman whose life has been surrounded and characterized with sorrow. She had buried her husband, and she's now coming to bury her only son. There are people who the enemy have just marked them for trouble. The enemies have just stigmatized their life with pain. That if care is not taken, people will begin to say that you are either a witch or a wizard. What do you explain to a woman? What do you tell a woman that buried the husband? Probably they got married after five years and they have a son. And five years later, she's burying the only child. What will people say? What, how do you expect this woman to be happy? How do you expect this woman to be joyful? And while she was going, suddenly she came and encounter with Jesus at the gate. The Bible said there were much people with her. A lot of people were with her. But yet, the child was dead and the child was dead. The situation remained the same. The situation was not changing. There are many of us listening to me right now. If you tell people your story, they will forget their problem and start looking for how to solve your own. If you tell people what you are going through now, everybody will forget their own problem and start praying for you. Because your story is just beyond usual understanding. That is what this woman was in. She didn't know who to turn to. She didn't know what to do. There is possibility that she has prayed. There are times you will even pray. You fasted. You've done everything you know how to do. In fact, possibly somebody has prayed. The man of God has prayed. That if you are not careful, your faith will begin to fail and shake. And you begin to ask yourself, is God still alive? Or God is dead? I don't know where you are under the sound of my voice. But you are in a situation where you are about to start questioning God. You are about to start asking yourself, is God still hearing my prayer? You are about to start asking yourself, why is all this happening to me? Am I the only one? I pray for you tonight that God is going to come through for you. God is going to come through for you. The same Jesus that met that woman, the Bible said that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He can still do what he did. I introduce that Jesus to your life right now. He's coming your way. He's changing things. You are getting pregnant. You are getting healed. You are getting delivered. You are getting your contract. Your marriage is coming back. In the name of Jesus, your marriage is coming back. Your properties are restored. Your house is restored. Your properties are restored. That case 
that battle that you have with government, things are changing in your favor. Suddenly, in a twinkle of an eye, there's about to be an overturn. In a twinkle of an eye, there's about to be an overturn. In a few months from now, in a few months from now, you will carry your baby for dedication. We will gather and join you to the glory of God. You will carry your baby for dedication. We will gather and join you to the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From tears to laughter. So the woman's story began to turn. The woman's story began to change. The woman's story began to shift. How do I move my situation from tears to laughter? I want you to pay attention tonight because it is, it, it is very important that you know what to do and you apply what you know that should be done. It is important that you know and it's more important that you take action on these things. Number one is that you must understand from this scripture, I'm going to give a summary of the things we learned and these are the things we can do to shift our situation from tears to laughter. Number one, what you permit, you permanent. You must understand that anything you permit, you have permanented that thing in your life. What do I mean? The story we just read, the Bible said that the woman's husband died. The boy's father died already. So which means the woman was now a widow. Because nobody did anything about it, what killed the woman's husband came to collect the son. I don't know if you are getting this thing now. Because nobody did anything about it, what killed the father came to collect the son. What killed the husband came to collect the son. Anything you permit in your life, you, it will become permanent. I tell people, time does not change anything. It is decision and action that change things. Sometimes we have created some cliches to be able to, by motivational speech, to encourage ourselves in the problem we are in. God sees it. God knows. If God does not want it to change, it won't change. It's not true. It's not true. You will see yourself dying for the things God wants to change, and nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Anything you permit, it becomes permanent. So because the man died, nobody, the boy could not rise to fight and say enough is enough. The woman could not rise to fight and say enough is enough. The power came to collect the, the son also. 
So she had buried the husband and now she was carrying the only son of Unera. And that woman will be asking, what have I done? Why is the word not fair to me? What did I do? I don't quarrel with anybody. I don't make trouble. Let me say this to you. As a matter of fact, if you don't make trouble, more trouble comes to you. Those who don't make trouble receive more trouble. If you want the devil to avoid you, one of the things you must do to be a demon destroyer, if you want the devil to avoid you, one of the things you must do is to be a demon destroyer. Be somebody that deal with demons. They will begin to run from you. But the moment you are the one that, oh, I don't want trouble, I want to be at peace, just know that, congratulations, you are the one that they will come for. Because they know if they touch one, you will not do anything. Down, they can touch ten the more. No one the Bible said, give no room for the devil. You don't pamper Satan. You hammer him by your authority in Christ Jesus. Understand this today, everyone listening to me. I want you to understand this today. I want to teach you some deep things in, in a moment. If you miss it, you've missed it. If you catch it, glory to God for your life. Understand this today, that one of your rights as a bona fide citizen of heaven one of your rights as a child of God is to cast out demons from your territories. Now, let me give you some little background or understanding of how demons work. Number one, demons have fallen, fallen angels. All right? Some angels joined Lucifer and they rebelled against God and they fell from heaven. One third of the angels fell from heaven and that was how they become demons. So demons are spirits or angels without bodies. Some are on earth, some are under the earth. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this today. Some of you are not aware. The most wicked spirit is not Satan. The most wicked spirit is not devil. The most wicked spirit is not Satan, is not devil. And the devil is not the same with Lucifer. Lucifer was an angel in heaven, all right? It's one of the angels in heaven that fell. The title, devil, reveals the character of wickedness. That is not the name of Lucifer. The actual name of Satan is Lucifer, all right? The word devil is actually a character of wickedness. That is why you see somebody behave some way, say this person is a devil. And Lucifer is not actually a bad name. Lucifer means light, bearer of light, carrier of light. So while he was in heaven, he was somebody carrying light until disobedience came. It was from that moment he was taken out of light and thrown into darkness. The most wicked spirit, according to the book of Jude, has been chained under the earth. So with all the things we are going through now, complaining, ah, oh, you will see things, ah, why is Satan so wicked? Why are people so wicked? Bible said the most wicked spirits are chained under the earth. From the day they fell, God did not allow them to move. All right? From the day they fell, God didn't allow them because they are so wicked.
God did not allow them to move. Because if they move, then human beings will be in trouble. If they move, human beings will be in trouble on earth. You'll find it right in the book of Jude. That is number one thing that I want you to understand. But God has now given us a territory, given us dominion. And demons don't walk in inanimate objects. Demons function in animate things. Demons can enter human beings. Demons can enter animals. All right? Demons don't dwell in inanimate objects. They can function through them sometimes. But they dwell in human beings, in living things. Demons can enter a dog, enter a cat. Demons can enter a rabbit. Demons can enter whatever animal, including chicken. That is one of their character. They only stay in living things. Now, if you read Mark 16, 17, I wish I can get that scripture very fast. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. He was talking about the new creation. He was talking about believers. Part of the authority God had given to believers, the day you get born again, the moment you become a citizen of heaven, there are rights, there are rights that have been given to you. And one of them is this, and this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So a lot of us now think that the highest level of Christianity is speaking in tongues. No, if you are speaking in tongues, you are not casting away demons or you cannot cast away demons. You are not exercising your full right of salvation. All right? You are not exercising your full right of salvation. So it's not enough to speak in tongues. You should be able to put the devil where he belongs. So he said, the moment you get born again, one of the rights entrusted to you, when you rent a house, the landlord gives you your keys. While you have not paid, you have no access to the keys of the house and all of that. The moment you pay, you are given some keys. You are told, if it is a full compound, you are told, okay, everywhere is up for you. If it is not a full compound, okay, you don't go this area. It belongs to your neighbors. So the day you get born again, there are things given to you. And one of them is that you have a power to tell the devil, come out of this place and go out of this place. All right? But now, how come demons are still tormenting believers? How come believers are not still able to put the devil where he belongs? Despite being that we have been given the right. You must understand that there are things that must be put in place. So now, how do you cast out devils? How do you subdue Satan? How do you put the devil where he belongs? The reason why I'm talking about this is that, let me say, 60 to 70% of the problem of human being is caused by demon spirits. 60 to 70% of the problems of human being is caused by demon spirits. And another thing that causes problems is ignorance. Human spirits, ignorance, and our mistakes, our choice and our decisions are the things that create problems with us. So if you know how to put demons where they belong, then you will be able to solve a lot of problems in your life. 
there are sicknesses that come you've taken drugs you've gone for injection you they have admitted you in the hospital you've done everything healing is not coming a demon now is behind it and at this moment what a regular believer we do oh father i pray oh god hear me now oh god hear me god won't you hear me in the name of jesus i receive no 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 no. what you need now is not just prayer you need to relocate that demon behind that problem there are marriages under the torment of the devil that no marriage counselor can solve the problem take it to 100 counselors the more they counsel the more the problem multiply the more they counsel until that demon is cast out of that marriage peace will never come there are businesses that can never progress because the devil has taken a seat in that business so if you don't understand how to descend demons and how to remove them from your life and the things that concern you you will not become a victim of their activities and all you do is to run around complain murmur and at a point possibly you will give up on god some people in the course of this have even gone to witch doctors christians have gone to malams they've gone to witch doctors they've gone to collect some concussions to drink what's happening i've been praying i'm not getting married i've been praying i'm sick he's not getting healed they've they've gone to shrine in the name of looking for solution and you don't know what you have done in the midst of that is what the bible said that what shall a man gain what shall a man gain if he gain the whole world and he loses soul by you patronizing satan you've already denounced and disowned god by you patronizing satan you've already denounced i don't care what the situation is oh i'm not getting married he says i should come to the village i will not go and do this thing go to the river and bath it will come what is in the river they are going to bath if there is no demonic initiation from that river why can't you bath in the city where you are and uh, they say i should come i'm looking for child i should come they have to go um, one place to go and do this if there is nothing demonic there why can't you do it where you are so at the end we now get pressurized because of natural or earthly problem and material needs and we begin to insult the name of god in the name of looking for solution how do you put demons where they belong number one is that you must be born again it's a must because the bible said that a kingdom divided against itself must not stand you can't cast out devil if you are not born again because you are now his brother or his son or his daughter is your roommate is your colleague both of you are in the same class both of you are in the same level if you must cast out demons number one is that you must not you should it's not an advice is a must you must be born again being born again first of all gives you a platform gives you a legal right for example let's say i'm not a Ghanaian living in ghana there are things i am not permitted to do in this country there are things i have no legal right to be able to do in this country i would have to go and get some documentation some permits or some kind of citizenship to be able to do them so you coming to cast away demons and you don't have a citizenship or a permit that grants you access to cast them out you can't do anything so a lot of us are actually in church 
but we are not born again. So when we begin to pray, demons are looking at you and they are laughing. Ah, like my brother, why are you asking me to go? You demon, fatty my finance, come out. Every demon in my marriage. Ah, the demon, my sister, why are you chasing me now? We are all the same. Oh, because you are in church. Okay, finish and come home. We are all the same. So you must, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 said, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Not if a man be in church. If a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, all things are new. So the day you get born again, the day you receive Christ as a Lord and Savior, he changes the old records of your life. You, were you a murderer? He will remove that record. Were you um, a harlot? He will remove that record. Were you an robber? He will take off that record. Were you somebody who was a liar? He will remove the record. Were you a backbiter, a betrayer? He will remove the record. Were you, are you somebody who had um, had an abortion? He will take off the record. He gave you a new clean sheet. So, okay, let's start all over again. That is what Jesus died for. That is what being born again does for you. All things have passed away. Behold, the word behold means look at it now. See, all things have become new. All things have become new. So the first thing you do is that you must get born again. Are you born again or you are just going to church? Or you are not even sure? Are you born again? Being born again justifies you to have the right standing with God. A lot of us don't even know if we are born again. If we are to ask you now, are you born again? A lot of us will say yes. Okay, tell us, how did you get born again? What, what is the proof? What is the sign? What is the symbol and the mark that you are born again? You will discover problem with that. How do you get born again? You open your mouth and declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you believe. A lot of us are not born again. The problem is just that we were born in church. Your mother gave birth to you. Your mother is a Christian. Your father is a Christian. But you can't remember when in your life you made the decision that, hey, I want to follow Jesus. You can't remember. So all you did, you were born in church. You started going from Sunday school. You joined the adult church, entered choir, entered usher. We have a lot of church workers who are not Christians. They are not Christians. They are only church workers. So they just born you in church. Maybe your father is a pastor or whatsoever. You just grew up like that, join all the groups. So it's been 50 years now, 30 years, 20 years, but you are not born again. Your life is a risk. You will now be surprised the thumbprint will sound and you will be assuming that because you are in church. Listen, it is even possible that you will speak in tongues. Yes, it is possible that you will speak in tongues. It is possible. It is possible. And what you are not aware is that you are not yet born again. So that is the first thing you need to make you eligible to put demons on their own. Number two thing you need is a renewed mind. A renewed mind. I thought somebody's getting my scriptures. My scriptures are not coming. I don't know what's happening. I told you anytime I, I get a scripture, get it for me. Romans 12 verse 2. A renewed mind. That is the second thing that you need. Your mind, after you get born again, don't forget this. Don't forget this. When you get born again, your body does not get born again. Your soul, which is your mind, does not get born again. It is only your spirit that gets born again. Every man is made of body, spirit, and soul. All right? 
only your spirit gets born again. So let me give an example. Your mind, what your body does, that your body carries your spirit. Your body is your skin, your flesh, where you touch the bones, your kidney, your liver, your intestine, all of them has to do with your body. Now, there is something living inside your body that is what makes you talk. That is what makes you move. That is what makes you see. That is what makes you feel. That is called your spirit. The moment the spirits go, you are dead. Anybody, they say, ah, this person is dead, but it means the spirit has left the body. So how do you raise the dead? If you are able to bring the spirit of the person back to the body, the person will come back to life. Anybody that died, if you are able to call the person's spirit back to the body, the person will stand up. It is, it is simple. It is simple. So what the spirit depart, the body is gone. Then there is the soul. The soul is inside the spirit. The soul is what you can call the mind. Inside the soul, you have the intellect. Inside the soul, you have the heart, not the heart in the chest. But recently you call the mind is what we also call the heart. So when you see Bible said, um, um, you need a change of heart. You need a new heart. It's not talking about the physical heart on the left side of your chest. That is why when you do a heart surgery for an arm robber, you take a pastor, let's say a man of God chooses to donate a heart to an arm robber. If you remove the heart and put it in the arm robber, the arm robber, when he stands up, he will still be an arm robber. All right? When the arm robber stands up, he will still be an arm robber because that heart, all that heart does is to pump blood. Yes. All the heart in your chest does is to pump blood. That heart does not help you to take decision. It does not help you to change. It does not. It is the heart in your soul. All right? There is a heart in your soul. That is what we call the mind. Your consciousness, your subconscious. That is what helps you to decide to be good or to be bad. So if you like, do a heart surgery for a thief. Do a heart surgery for a, a criminal. It will still be the same. So now, the day you got born again from church, you received Jesus, the power of God, so also powerful and all of that. When you got back home, you were still able to remember your house. You were still able to remember your name because it is your soul that keeps the record of your name that keeps the record of your house. You still, we are still able to remember your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your work. So what changed the day I got born again? Your spirit. What change happened inside of you? So how do I know? Ah, they say I'm born again, I'm born again. Sometimes you see yourself doing the old things you used to do. So some of us now, you are not even sure you are born again. Let me tell you the sign, the sign that you're not born again. Every time they do a program or you're, you're on the radio or on, online or something, they say, okay, um, we want to give your, um, people to give their life to Christ. You will always join altar call. Today you will join. Next week you will join. Another man of God come. Next month you will join. Next two months you will join. No, you don't give your life to Christ again and again and again. No, you give your life to Christ once and for all. And, but, Pastor Norbert, after I gave my life to Christ, I committed sin. I sinned. What you need now is to be renewed, not to give your life to Christ. God does not take your life back or give you your life back because you sinned. Do you get it? God does not give your life back to you or throw you away because you sinned. So some way, somehow, there is a sinner's prayer that um, men of God pray, which is not actually correct. 
after the person um, writes my name in the book of life, erase my name in the book of death. So that means by the time um, I now sin, they will erase the name again. When I now come, I say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. They will write it again. When I sin again, they will erase the name again. When I now come and say, Father, show me mercy, they will write again. Charlie, there's nothing like that. There is nothing like that. The moment you are accepted, because your name is written in Christ with the blood. Your name is written in Christ with the blood, with the blood. And that blood does not get wiped away. The only thing, the only thing, don't get me wrong, sin is dangerous. But the only thing that can remove you from Christ is you. The day you say from today, I'm no more a Christian. That is the only thing that can remove you from Christ. I'm no more a Christian. I'm not doing again from today. I'm following another God. The day you declare that, that is the end of it. That is the end of it. So it is your spirit that gets born again. So how do you know you are born again? By faith. As long as you know at one time of your life, you have made that confession that Jesus, come and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died and rose again. I am saved. The moment you have made that prayer, any day, any time, you are born again. You are born again. So how do you know after that that you are born again? You are still committing sin. You are still you know by faith. Because it's a journey of faith. It happened internally. Faith is something spiritual. It has no substance. I am saved. I know. How do you know? I know. Because it is a thing of faith and a thing of the spirit. So that is the next thing you do. And Romans 12 verse 2 says something. Give me that scripture now. So after you get born again, man of God, why do I sin after I have been born again? Why do I lie? Why do I still go back to my old life? Why do I still go and suddenly I fall? Look at the problem here. And be not conformed to this world. So the problem is that you are still used to the pattern of this world. You are still, don't forget, I say when you get born again, your mind, your soul does not get born again. Your body does not get born again. Your body will still be catching feeling. If you are somebody who used to like a lot of sex, your body will still be catching feeling. If you are somebody who liked alcohol, your body will still be catching feeling. If you are somebody that liked Banku, after you get born again, you will still love Banku. So your body has been conformed to something else. So now, this is what you have to do to be able to overcome. He said, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the problem of sin is a mental problem. Sin is a mental problem. Have you realized that every sin you commit, you think about it first? Every sin you commit must first of all be processed in the mind before. Let me give an example. Somebody, you start, you start getting lustful towards a man or a woman and you have intercourse. Do you know before it happened? Either a week before, a month before, a day before, five hours before, one hour before, 30 minutes before, you started thinking about it. You started thinking, ah, if I sleep with this person now, I would have felt good though. While you begin to think, the next thing that happens is your body begins to change. Right? Your body begins to respond to it. Your body begins to respond to it. So between that moment, the moment you thought about it and the moment your body began to respond, if you can pull yourself back, you will win. 
That is the main battle of the believer. The real battle of the believer is a mental battle. So sometimes the prayer is good, but it's not the prayer that you need. It's the mind. Your mind has not been renewed enough. That is why it is dangerous to watch certain things. You are watching a lot of pornography. You are watching horror movies. You are watching certain sensual content and all of that. Watching things that pass unbelief and doubt to you. So the day you will need to walk with God, that thing in your mind, don't forget, I'm talking about the mind now. That thing in your mind will be the first thing to pop up. So let me give an example. Two believers, two brothers, two Christian brothers. One of them has been reading scriptures a lot, reading Bible, reading Bible. One of them has been reading Bible and missing with pornography, missing with friends who talk about sex, how ah, I slept with a girl and all of that, and it's more. Now, if these two brothers come onto a, a, a situation where they, they would have fallen into sin, one of them, scriptures will begin to pop up. The first thing that we run in his mind is scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 11. If I, um, um, what's that scripture again? Psalm 119 verse 11. Um, it said, your word have I kept in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Psalm, um, what is it called? Psalm 119 verse 6, 7. It said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But thy word have I kept. Scriptures begin to run in your mind. Scriptures begin to run. And it is easier at that moment to make a decision to pull yourself out. But the one whose mind has been filled with pornography, filled with sensual content, filled with discussions that are not pure, the moment that situation comes, the first thing that runs, ah, my friend John told me that he has slept with four guests. Me, I've not even done anyone. Now look at opportunity. Let me try and see how this thing too looks like now. Ah, immediately, the body begins to run. The moment he, as the more he tries to fight, the more his mind will begin to overpower the body. The more he tries to fight, the more the mind begins to... The reason is because he had not put enough information in the mind that we control the body. So when you get born again, your body does not get born again. What you use to tame your body is your mind. What you use to control your body is your mind. Is your mind. The body, let me tell you the truth, the body can never be born again. The mind can also never be born again, but the mind can be renewed. And when the mind is renewed, it can become a remote to your body. That you are somebody who spends extravagantly. Anything you see, you want to buy. Anything you see, you can train your mind and start disciplining yourself. You get to a point, you feel like, no, I won't buy this thing. I, I won't buy it. No, no, I won't buy it. So your mind has now been trained. So the mind can be trained. The mind can be reconfigured. Any sin now in your life that you are saying, ah, I can't overcome. The problem is a mental problem. All right? Sometimes we are focusing on the wrong part. That is why it's not going. You are praying, praying. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. I've done it again. No. Work on your mind. Start working on your mind. Then begin to set boundaries. You know that the problem is anywhere they keep money. You can't see money without stealing. Despite being born again. So what do you do? Don't work in the bank. Don't work in a finance department. Don't be an usher. If you are an usher in church, don't join those. You see, sometimes we know our problem, but we are too unwise to solve the problem. 
Your problem is money. And they put you in the group of those that count money in church. And you enter. No. Please, I don't want this department. I don't want the... Oh, why? You are the one we can trust. I'm sorry, I can't. If you don't want to be... You feel that people will laugh at you. They will not understand. I can't. Why? I just can't. If you feel you have a leader that understands, I have money issue. I have problem with money. I have problem with money. I can't be the church treasurer. Many people have eaten church money. Many are in jail. Many they are still fighting in the church because of money. Why? Somebody who knows that their weakness is that they cannot save money agreed to become a church treasurer. So they gave her the money or him the money. The money has now been wasted. So you set boundaries while you begin to work on your mind. Are we, are we following at all? Are you learning something right now? Get me back my scripture now. Romans 12 verse 2. The same thing. Every kind of sin is a mental problem. Oh, I have anger issue. Um, I have unforgiveness issue. If you understand that God forgave you first, you have read your Bible and believed it, then you too will forgive. You have issue with loving people. If you read your Bible enough and understand that, what is it called? Um, Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. It simply means you cannot love anybody beyond yourself. You need to love yourself first before you can. Listen, sometimes uh, when people treat you wrong, don't feel bad. All right? Somebody who does not treat themselves well cannot treat you well. Let me repeat. Sometimes when people treat you wrong, don't feel bad. Check how do they treat themselves. Bible said, love your neighbor as yourself. So if I hate myself, I can't love you. All right? I need to love you as myself. So I need to be able to treat myself well first to be able to treat you well. So most of us are angry with ourselves. It's not you. You married the wrong man. That's the problem. Most of you are angry with yourself. It's not you. You are working with the wrong colleague. Most of you are angry with yourself. It is not you. It is not you. You can't give what you don't have. Thank you, dear. It is not you. The person is the problem. So now let's finish the scripture now. He said, but be a transformed by renewing your mind. So your transformation for, for you to stop living that old life, for to stop doing the wrong things, is start with you now filling your mind. So when we tell you to read your Bible, it is not just because when I read my Bible, I will get money, I will get a job, I will get visa, when I begin to read my Bible and um, this and that. No, the first essence of reading your Bible is that it keeps your mind in check. It gives you power over your mind. The right information, the right information, it gives you power over your mind. It strengthens your mind. It builds those who understand psychology. We tell you that if you read, it, it, it strengthens the muscles in your mind. The mind have its own muscles. If you are somebody who read, reading strengthens the muscle of your mind. So the same thing that happens when you begin to read the Bible, your, the muscles of your mind are strengthened to a particular direction. So when you don't read your Bible, there will not be any defense in the day of trial. So what you do, you not carry the Bible. Oh, every power fighting me. The Bible said, Matthew 7, um, and what is it called? Yes. Isaiah 7 verse 7, it shall not stand. That has come to pass. It shall not stand. Oh, Father. The name of, no, you are playing. You are joking. You are joking. Chris, this thing is a mental battle. The devil knows you are afraid that what you are declaring now has no root in your mind. So the devil will be looking at you. When you finish, he will come and beat you the more. 
talking about how to deal with demons. Your mind must be renewed. All right? That ye may prove what is good. Can you report that scripture, please? Can you report the scripture? My admins, please don't sleep. Don't sleep. Help me. Let's finish this teaching right now. So, he said, when your mind is transformed, but when your mind is renewed, look at what happens. That ye may be may re, may prove what is good so if your mind is not renewed you see a believer calling good bad and calling bad good the problem is the, a mental problem so when your mind is renewed you will be able to call or prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of god so you'll be able to know that things acceptable to god that things perfect to god if your mind is not renewed you will not know you will not know. Listen, one of the best things you will do for yourself after you get born again is the church you attend. Well, we say this, a lot of you behave some way. Oh, it's my mother's church. It's my father's church. It's my grandfather's church. No problem. Whatever choice you make is yours. I can't change it for you. But listen, after you get born again, the greatest choice you will make, number one, is the church you attend. Number two is who is your pastor. Because you can be in the right church. Oh, um, um, Methodist church is the best church. It can be the truth. But the pastor of the branch you are in does not know anything about the word. You will also be bankrupt. So the church you attend and who your pastor is, is very vital to your destiny. If you want to grow. If you want to grow. So some of us, this teaching we are doing now, it should be for teenagers. The teaching we are doing now is supposed to be for teenagers, not for adults. Okay? So if you are feeling wow, 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 it simply means you have not been attending church or you have been, you are being pastored wrongly. Let me repeat what I said. The teachings we are doing now, they are, they are foundational, they are basics of Christianity. This salvation class, how to get born again, the things to do, not to fall. These things are for children. So if you are feeling wow, 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 it simply means you have not been attending church or you've been attending the wrong church or you have been under the wrong pastor. Without apology, that's the truth. That's the truth. All right. So your mind needs to get renewed. Now, in talking about mind renewal, it is included in, I believe the issue of church, because some of you, the, your, your life can never change because you are attending church by emotions. Some of us listening, your life will never change. No, you don't change. You are attending church by emotion. Um, this church helped me to get married. If I leave, how will they feel? This church, um, I'm not saying you should just walk out on a man that has labored in your life for years. But listen, if you realize you are not growing. Your spiritual growth is more important than your stomach. Because if you can grow in the spirit, you can. God can use you to change your life, to feed yourself and feed other people. But you are folk, oh, this church is feeding me. That's why I'm going to the church. This church is paying my rent. That's what I'm In fact, the reason why they are paying your rent is because you have not grown. If you, my baby now, for example, Emanuela, she doesn't have to pay rent. The reason is that she's a baby. She knows her father has to take care of her. All right? She doesn't have to pay rent. But it's an age she will get to. She has to pay rent. I can't be keeping her in my house at the age of 30. What will she be doing there? For what? 
So that is how it also is in your spiritual life. You have been a Christian, you have been born again for five years. Okay, we understand, I still a baby. For 10 years, you are no more a baby. 10 years, Christ is too far. It's too far. For 10 years, you are no more a baby. Some of you that the church you are in is not the first church you are attending. You got born again in the fifth church you attended. Now you are in the fifth church presently. So you've been born again, going through all kinds of churches, but still no growth. By now, you should be able to feed yourself in the word, be able to do things for yourself, but you are the one they are still supporting. They are still doing follow-up for you. It means that your growth is redundant. You need help. What you need now is not marriage. What you need now is not miracle money. What you need now is not favor. What you need now is not what you think you need. The problem is that you need God. You need to grow. You need to grow. You might not know, but I'm telling you that's what you need. Okay, let's finish what we were talking about. So, a renewed mind, apart from you changing your mind to be able to overcome sin and the rest of that, all right, something else is that the devil will want to keep you in guilt. Let's say, for example, you were a harlot. Now you are born again. Suddenly, while you lift your hand, everybody here, I'm sure you have experienced it. While you lift your hand in worship, suddenly your mind begins to tell you, look at you, you that slept with four guys, 1991. Look at you, you that um, stole somebody's money last week. Um, look at you, see you, see you, after all that thing you did. So sometimes you begin to see the video of everything you've done, you begin to see, listen, it's not your mind that is talking. Understand this, Satan speaks through your mind and God speaks through your mind. When God speaks, God does not speak guilt. God speaks mercy, love and conviction. All right? So the moment that thing begins to happen to you, it's not your mind. And do you know what happened? Let me tell you another truth. For you to know that it's not God and it's not your mind, you will realize that that worship will die in your spirit. Are you with me? The worship will die in your spirit. If you were praying, it will, not just, it will just look like, maybe you are on fire, you were the one charging everybody in prayer. Suddenly, your voice will just go. Everybody's now wondering, ah, this girl was charging us right now. What's going on again? Why? You are now feeling you don't deserve answers to prayer. You are, you are, you are unworthy. You are not the one God is supposed to be answering. You are not even sure God is hearing you. You are not even sure what you are praying, Christ. What is going on now is that your mind needs renewal. Your mind needs renewal. Your mind needs, listen, when God forgives you, he forgives you. God does not accuse you. God does not make you feel guilty. It's not God. Anytime you begin to feel that, it's not God. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. So, uh, Pastor, should we continue um, in sin so that we just ask God for mercy? Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Shall we continue in sin because grace shall abide? He said, God forbid. So the answer to that question is God forbid. But understand this. You fall into sin. You go to God and cry to mercy. Whatever sin it is, God forgives you. God cleanses you. But understand also, if it is a sin a, or a law against the constitution of the country or the organization where you are, you will go to jail, even though God has forgiven you. For example, you work in bank and you loan that money and you go to God for prayer, genuine prayer. God will forgive you. Yeah, it will clean off your record and give you a clean sheet. But my dear, you will go to jail. That does not mean God has not forgiven you. Oh, if God has forgiven me, why can't God? No, that's not how it works. 
you kill somebody and they find out they arrest you, you cry to God genuinely, God will forgive you. That's why, you see, God is too merciful. That is why you must not allow a witch to kill you and repent. The guard yourself. You better be the one to kill somebody and repent than somebody to kill you and repent. Life is short. So you kill somebody, you pray to God, God will forgive you, but government can take you to jail if it is discovered. So were you forgiven? Yes. Are you in jail? Yes. Simple as ABC. So you must renew your mind against guilt from your past. Renew your mind from your past so that the enemies will not build a pattern. The same thing, anybody that is struggling with fear, any kind of fear, the problem is that your mind has not been renewed. You don't know how much God loves you. You don't know how much anybody, any, I don't care the kind of fear you are having, fear of death, fear of whatsoever. You don't know how much God loves you. That is what is the problem. So now, let me strike the balance. There is a level where demons come to begin to torment your mind with fear. A spirit enters a person. We're going to talk on this topic, brother, some other time. I want to make it just smooth and let's pray. There's a realm where demons enter people and begin to speak to them. So what is speaking to you is inside of you. So you begin to think negative, think suicidal, think poverty. I can never prosper. I will not be able. Listen, the moment people begin to say negative things, there's a demon inside of them. I'm going to give you a few signs of demonic, where demons are. I'm going to give you very few signs. Or today we we'll talk about demonology. I can take you deep. When people begin to speak negative a lot, a demon has entered them. I want to die, you. I will die. Me, I can't prosper. Me, I can't prosper. Nothing is working in my life. I can't walk. And a demon has entered you. That's one of the signs. A demon has entered you. When you see somebody who begins to curse a lot, somebody that curse and curse and curse and curse, Every time they are cursing, a demon has entered that person. That is the language of demons. When you see somebody, some of you that know you will not like where I'm going to, the part I'm going to now, dear, you will not like it. But I need to tell you the truth. Demons influence your character. Demons influence your lifestyle. Suddenly, somebody from nowhere just suddenly start enjoying or feel like tinting their hair blue, red, yellow, green. There is something influencing your desire for that thing. What I'm saying now, I'm being serious. There is something influencing your desire for that thing. Have you, no, let's be, let's be real now. Look at me, everyone. Just pay attention. Have you realized that most strange hair colors are found on harlots? Have you realized most strange hair colors are found on prostitutes? There is something creating that when demons enter you, they don't come like, ah, with head and tail and horn. Hey, ga, ga, ga. No, 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 no. What they do is that they create a desire. They stir up a desire inside of you. So suddenly you begin to like alcohol. Suddenly you begin to like your fellow woman, lesbianism. You begin to like your fellow man, gay. Suddenly you feel like changing your body, transgender from a woman to a man, from a man to a woman. Suddenly a spirit, a demon spirit have gained access to you. Suddenly you begin to like too many piercings. Too many piercings. See somebody piercing on the ear, piercing on the stomach, piercing on the nose, piercing. Ah, your earring have not finished wearing ring. You are putting a ring on your nose. What is wrong? 
Some are piercing their tongue. I'm not joking. A demon has now placed a desire on you and influencing your appetite for something. So now you can't control your appetite. Do you know demons can control you to eat? Demons can influence your feeding. That you can't fast anymore. You know that you are you are about to you are getting into obesity and you can't control your feeding. The, the demon will come and empower your appetite for food. If they say you are you know that you need this fasting, you are never able. Sometimes the moment you declare fasting, you begin to have pain in your stomach. So doctor will tell you have ulcer. Some of you don't have ulcer. A demon has entered your body. So these things, they are things we see as natural fashion, but demons take advantage. I'm not saying everybody who has piercing has a demon, but I'm telling you signs of a place where demons dwell. They create a desire in you. They create it. And some people have attracted demons because they loved a particular passion. So they, they watched a, a, a video, saw an American singer or who, who happens to be their model, has a piercing in the nose, in the tongue, in here. So they now go and do. So by doing that, the demon that influences that kind of fashion will trace you and find you. Some have attracted demon by wearing multiple chains. Multiple chains. From nowhere, you see chains on the leg, chains on the hand, chains on the everywhere, chain, chain, bling, bling, as if the person is walking where they do high tension wire. All kind of chains all over. I'm not saying you wear chains, chain is demonic. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, part of the symptoms of demonic activities. I prayed for a woman who was having miscarriage at every three, three four months of her, of her pregnancy. While I began to pray, the Holy Ghost said to me, Tell her to take off her waist. If I saw a waist bead, saw the color. So I'm seeing the waist, I'm seeing the color. Say yes. Where did you get it? I think he said the mother-in-law brought it to her. I said, take it off. So the waist bead in the realms of the spirit has been programmed with a time clock, with a spiritual clock, that every this, this time of the month, at this time in the night, she must get miscarriage. The three times she have had miscarriage, the same season of the month, the same day of the week, the same time in the night was when she had that. A particular dream will come. Phew! Then the blood will flow. I've seen others who wear beads, nothing. But I can tell you, I, I'm telling you now, I'm not saying every bead is bad. Please listen to what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. All right? I, I'm seeing a lot of people who wear beads, either they are inf under the influence of marine. Some through the bead. Some is the bead that strengthens that covenant and connection. Some chain. Some piercings. And by taking off those things, they are free. So the woman took off the... So I'm talking to you now. She, have a, she has a daughter. So I'm talking to you now. She has a daughter. I think the husband is one of the pastors in a winner's chapel in Kumasi. She has a daughter right now. After years of miscarriage because of a waist bead. Alright? So I'm not saying you should go and throw your things away. No, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But these things are symptoms of demonic influence. Suddenly you see somebody that was dressing nice, just like wearing skimpy clothes. If you read your Bible well, you understand the kingdom culture. You will understand that if your dressing will make somebody else to sin, you are committing sin. So there is a demon. How come every skirt you wear are always the kind of skirt that when you sit down, 
you will have to put your hand between your tires for you to cover yourself. Or you will have to look for a handkerchief to put all your skirt, all of them. You must have to look for a handkerchief to put on top of your tires or to put your hand so that nobody will see your underwear. How come that's the kind of skirt you love? How come all the top you love, your, your breast must be showing? All the top you are wearing, your back must be showing, your side must be showing, your stomach must be open. A demon has stirred up a desire. So this is what some of you see. And let me say this. So sometimes, see people like this, they don't like attending churches where deliverance goes on. Because some are not happy that, well, how come when I'm in my church, I don't fall? When I go to this church, I fall. It simply means that the demons are comfortable in your church. So they make sure you get irritated. I've told my members again and again, anytime you invite some people to church, you have done everything that needs to come, leave them, it's not them. The spirit inside of them knows that if they get there, they are finished. Who was I? I, don't, I forgot who I was praying for when. I can't remember. And the spirit said, I don't know who was there with me. The spirit said, I want this person not to come. I have done everything to make her not to come to you. I know if she meets you, then we must, she must be free. You will cast us away. I know if she meets you. We saw you. We kept past. We saw you. We have been looking at you. We know we, chased, we know you. We know you. Now she has come. See now, you have spoiled everything. So the demons, they know. They see, they hear, they perceive. Another symptom of where demons are is anybody that enjoys death. Anybody that enjoys debt, you like to stay in a dirty place. You don't know why. For one or two reasons, you have your underwear soaked for one month, for two months. Your washroom is dirty. Anywhere that is, anywhere you find filth, debt, comfortably, demons dwell in such environment easily. Demons dwell. We'll talk on this issue deeply. I'll give us scriptures. I'm not telling you what. I'll give you scriptures. Demons like debt. Like dirty environment. They like dirty environment. Any character, any form of ungodliness or character that God does not sanction, you realize that you love it or you just live with that character easily. A demon has taken hold on you. For example, somebody who is just stubborn. Your child that was good just becomes stubborn. And you say, oh, don't worry, you will learn. No, ma. No, ma. No. He won't learn. A demon is already taking charge. A demon is, you've taken drugs. You're having a particular ailment. You've taken drugs. Ah, you've taken all the drugs, all the injection you know. He's still there. A demon is taking over. There are sickness that are natural. There are sickness that are spiritual. So if you are not able to understand this balance, some, some people have died in the hospital. All they needed was prayer. So they carried them to hospital. That was how they died. Some have died in a prayer house. All they needed was an injection or a tablet or even an oxygen. And they carried them prayer, fire, fire. It was not prayer they needed. They needed an oxygen or an injection and they are there praying. Why some have died in the hospital? All this thing was spiritual. Doctor is tired. I think they called me at the time. Somebody, they were trying to give it. I can't remember where. I forget these things most times. They're trying to give a treatment. Injection cannot go through the person's skin. They're trying to pull drip and all of that. If the needle was not assessing the body, they have done everything. They can, some they can't find vein suddenly, and they called. And I, the moment I, I picked the call, I discerned his spirit was there. I prayed. I said they should get me water, and I did some direction. I said go ahead. Immediately, the needle went through. 
they found the vein and that was how the person came back to life so the person needed oh the doctor was done doctor has done everything and that person was already about to pass out so if we don't if we don't understand this thing and put the balance you will be a christian always being defeated always being defeated why some of us are the one that the demons are influencing you you are living a lifestyle empowering demons and you don't know why you are going through problem why do you love what you love why do you like the kind of clothes you wear why do you like too many piercing why do you like too many jewelries tell me why why do you like blue hair green hair purple hair orange hair why do you like it you think it's just you or it's just a desire something is influencing your appetite to that direction the way the plum is quiet am i safe the way everywhere is quiet am i safe Yo. Some of you are just calm, you are just quiet, no mind calculated, but you are under the influence of a spirit. There are some people I've seen, particularly people who are under the influence of marine spirits, they are always, some are very aggressive, another set is always very quiet. Very quiet. They don't like talking to anybody. They like staying on their own. They can lock the door, stay in the room for three days. I've, I've met many. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about this demonology sometime. We'll talk about it. They like to be on their own. They are quiet, happy on their own, okay on their own. Number four. That means we can't finish this thing today. Number three, how to cast out devil. Number one, be born again. Number two, renew your mind number three your knowledge of christ and your not and the knowledge of your place in him your knowledge of christ and knowledge of your place in him so you must know jesus number two you must know where you belong in jesus many of us know jesus but we don't even know where we belong listen the kingdom issue is knowledge based the issue the matter of the kingdom is knowledge based authority cannot be exercised in ignorance you cannot exercise authority in ignorance let me give an example an army general that is being beaten by a policeman is either a fake army general or an ignorant army general because he knows that his uniform alone the policeman should be afraid one snap of his finger soldiers will appear and they will roast the policeman like a chicken so but if he's ignorant or he's not genuine then automatically he'll be beaten up by satans or by police per se so authority cannot be exercised in ignorance if you read ephesians chapter um, 2 verse 6 ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 it said that we are seated in heavenly places with christ jesus all right so i'm not just born again i'm not just a christian i have a place where i occupy so when i'm speaking 
I'm speaking from Christ. My statement, so when I tell you you're going to get a job, I'm not talking because I'm Pastor Norbert. I'm talking because there is a place I know. Listen, the name of Jesus is not a name like my name. The name of Jesus is a residence. That is why the Bible said in Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. It's a destination. It's a residence where you dwell in. So when I'm speaking, I'm not talking because I feel like I'm talking from somewhere, a place where power is available. So when my words are coming, I'm not just saying my words. I'm saying the words of Jesus. You're only hearing my voice and you're only seeing me, but I'm saying the words of Jesus. So power have no choice than to obey. Give me verse 13 also of this scripture, 2 verse 13. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. It's not will. It is done already. Somebody say, I am seated. Say, I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not we too. In. In. Not with. With means you can be at the side. I am seated inside Christ. So when I'm talking, I'm talking from inside Christ. When I'm telling you I cannot die, it, I'm telling you I am inside Christ. So you can't just touch me because there is something, there's a shell, there's a border, there's a boundary around me that you need to touch before you are able to touch me. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I saw in Sukakope, that's true. In the earthly realm, I'm in Sukakope. But in the realms of the spiritual, if your eyes can see, you will realize I am seated somewhere. So before demons will assess you, they will check this knowledge. Do you know? And let me shock you. You can be born again and this is not your reality. Ah, how do I explain this? How do I explain? Every time you get a knowledge in the spirit, the reality of the knowledge becomes yours. Let me repeat it again. Every time you get a knowledge concerning the things of the Spirit, the reality of the knowledge becomes yours. So, for example, every believer has a seat in Christ Jesus. And that seat is not the seat of if a man be in Christ. No, that is just you being justified with Christ. You are cleansed, you are born again. The day you now see this scripture, you now understand and you now know that there is a seat. Immediately, you take your own seat. So when demons look you, they realize that you are born again, but you are standing. They say, okay, now we know that this one um, is not our, is ignorant of the seat. Okay, so what we do, let's do this, let's do this, let's attack this way, attack this way, and they come for you because they know that you are ignorant. And verse 13 of that scripture said, but now in Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes we are far off, are made nigh by the blood of, of Christ. So if you read, I think ESV or NIV said that we are now one with Christ. I am one with, I'm not four, I'm not different. I am one with Christ. I am one with Christ. By the blood of Jesus, I have been made one with Christ. So when I'm telling the devil, get out, it is still Jesus that is telling the devil, get out. The journey of the believer is knowledge-based. It's not, if you don't know, it is not your reality. If you don't know, it is not your reality. There's a place of prayer to activate through prayer. There's a place to activate through impartation. But we're talking about the basic aspect right now. Number four is speakings. Casting out demons. I'm going to stop on this number four. Speakings. The things you say. You must command them and not in fear or in negotiation. 
Oh, you demon, make it holding my leg. Come out. In the name of Jesus. Hey, God, do. Hey, God, do. Hey, God. You demon, go now. Go now. Sit and go now. In the name of Jesus. Hey, what you go? Yeah, go. I won't do it again. The name of every demon, go. Oh, leave my children. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Bible said, This sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, not they will cry out demons, not they will negotiate demons, not they will beg demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. So when you see me summon devils to get out, I know my rights. Ay, 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 ay. I know my authority. I know where I am seated. My seat is not vacant. My seat is not vacant. No one took it. My seat is available. I am seated in Christ. Have you read your Bible before? In the book of Isaiah, it said that our God is in heaven and the earth is his footstool. Try and look. If you are outside your house or you can, just look at your, 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 your roof. Or if you have entered plane before, try imagine how far the plane goes and yet you don't see God and you don't even enter heaven. All you see is the cloud. So imagine that God that is seated very far high in the heavenly places and the heaven is his throne where he put his bomb bomb. His leg gets to this earth. That long height, I'm now seated inside of him. So because of him, I become a giant automatically. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody is meeting it. I have the ability. I can stretch my leg from heaven to earth. Not because of me, but the person I am sitting inside of is too big for me to enter the person and become small. This is what makes believers different. Revelation. What do you know of the God you are following? Let me repeat what I said. If you don't get the knowledge, it does not become your reality. It doesn't become your... What I'm saying, even some pastors don't even understand it. Some don't even know it. Some read it in books. Some declare it for fun. But they can't explain it. So they don't enjoy it. So they finish program and demons are pressing them. I was somewhere in a pastor's meeting and the pastor was um, was the one teaching. He said, some of you, you'll be doing deliverance. You are casting out demons. The demon possessed person now falls and you are still laying your hand. You are going there to lay your hand. When the demon, the demon will just enter you and you now carry... And I was irritated. I stood up. I was... I said, this guy, is he not aware of something called the believer's authority? And somebody next to me now looked at me and said, what is that? I said, you two don't know. Are you a, I said, I'm a pastor. Ah, you don't know. I said, all of you, I don't belong here. I don't belong to this meeting. You don't know what is called the believer's authority. Hey, that greater is he that is in me than they that be in the world. You don't understand the believer's authority that he has given us all power in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth. You don't understand the believer's authority that in him we move, in him we live, in him we have our being. Have you, you don't know the believer's authority that says that whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever I lose on earth is lose in heaven. Oh, you don't even know the believer's authority that says that we will drink deadly things, it will not harm us. We will take up serpents and scorpions. So what are you doing as a believer? Even as a pastor, what are you doing? What are you doing? I told them, I said, I don't belong here. This teaching is not, it's not my size. It's for children. It's not, for, it's not my size. It's not my size. It's not my size. I deal with demons every day, joyfully, easily. And they know me. Yeah, once you begin to cast out demons, they know you. They know you. So the moment I begin to cast them, you again, 
you again, you again. I said, don't worry. I know, I know you, you know me. So there's nothing you can do. Where I'm seated there, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. So speaking, you must command them. Demons don't just check what you say. They check the authority you submit to and how much light is in you by revelation. Two things demons check when you begin to command them. No, it's not what you say, or how you shout, command, yeah. No, 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 no. They check what authority do you submit to. Because before you can tell me to come, that means there is something you have that I'm not aware of. Let me check. So they have what they use. They have what they use to run their litmus test in the realms of the spirit to know this person telling me to come out of this place. What power does he have? What level of power? What level of authority? What why what gave him so much audacity to come and tell me to leave where I have been for months? So when they check it and they realize you are not their size, either they deal with you or they become stubborn or they deal with the person that they were inside. Number two thing they check, how much ambience of light are you coming with? I shall tell them to get a they check. Are you shining or you are dark? So the moment you are dark, I think I shared a, a video where a man of God was doing deliverance and the demon-possessed woman started beating the man of God, beating the protocol and the ushers because that man of God does not have light or there is possibility he doesn't even have his authority or even know the kind of authority he carries. Let's take one last scripture. Let's take one last scripture. Acts 19, 11 to 17. Is somebody getting something tonight? Are you getting something tonight? Are you getting something tonight? Let me know. What are you learning? What are you learning? What are you learning? What are you learning? What have you gotten tonight? What have you picked tonight? We can become high flyers. We can become believers full of authority. We can become the believer healing the sick. We can become the believer casting out demons. If only we understand. It's not about you knowing, see the Bible, the Bible said this. No, 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 no. What is the reality of this thing that God has said? What is the reality? That you take over territories. Your business is not working. You know what to do. You are able to discern that, hey, this thing is witchcraft. This thing is a marine spirit. This thing is this. You are able to discern. You are able to discern and know what to do with the spirit. Instead of you to be crying and running around asking, what did I do wrong? All right, look at this now. Acts 19 from verse 11. Everyone, in a few minutes, you tell me what have you learned? What have you picked? What is the new thing you've received? But look at this now. And God, sorry, God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. So from his body, we are brought unto the sick handkerchief or aprons. And the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirit went out of them. So you see, Paul handkerchief. So when you take Paul's mantle, when we talk about prayer mantle, but we don't even understand what you are talking about. They took handkerchief as an aprons from Paul. Apron he used to cook, apron he used to eat, took it from Paul as a mantle, gave it to a sick person. A sick person was hid. Take, they took the mantle, took the handkerchief of Paul, put it on the person that was demon-possessed. The demon left. And that same person, probably a man of God, have lay hand. Listen, where I got hungry for power, I was doing deliverance for a particular woman. The spirit was insulting me. Sure. That spirit dealt with me that day. Insulting me. So you small pastor, we will beat you. Ah, I, what did I do? They only brought you for me to prayer. Why are you not insulting me? Ah, small This was about six years ago or five years ago in Kumasi. We will beat you. We will deal with you. 
You want to try us? Oh, all the pastors that came here, we have dealt with them. The last one that they removed before they brought you, go and ask him. Listen, when you are not under a covering, demons, you now see demons now begin to say and things and expose you that is supposed to be the one to expose them. And began to say a lot of things, a lot of things that happened to the pastor that was that was there before I came. I pray, 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 pray. I will shout fire. The demon will laugh. I will do this. The demon will clap. I will, before you know, he started dancing. No? Oh, started dancing, singing and dancing. Hey, God, what kind of thing is this? I took up my father's poster. I don't even know what happened. I took up a sticker with the face of my father for Suleiman. The, the, the moment I, the demon saw the picture, ran. I said, eh, this thing is working. Oh, yeah, I carried it closer. The demon ran, fell down, scattered, and left the woman. I was like, I was excited. Yes, everybody was clapping. But after I finished, I sat down. I said, wait, too. So me, full-grown human being, a demon did not respect me. But a demon respected a, a poster, a sticker of a man that is not physically present. That means I have work to do. That means I, I have not begun at all. That was when I became hungry for power. I began to do research. I went back to my Bible, went back to books, began to check. What did I miss? What am I not doing well? What am I? Let, let one demon come and try it again now. If you come and try it, you will beat your father, your mother, your grandfather, your grandma. You will beat all your... If you come and try it again. If you come and try it again. So on the ground of revelation... On the ground of revelation, how much light. And every time you get an understanding, light comes. Every time you get revelation, illumination, response. That is how it works. Every time you get revelation, you increase in light. So if you have no revelation, you remain dark in your spirit. So you say you are a Christian. You pray, but the problem is not going. You pray, but nothing is changing because all you have is fine suit, fine shirt, nice grammar, and the good dictions, and you just looking good with your BSc and your masters, but yet no light inside of you. You might be shining physically, but in the spirit realm, you are dark. No fire, no power, no light, nothing. Nothing. Can I get back that scripture? Let's finish that scripture and let's see if we can pray. I'll continue this topic another day. Who has my scripture, please? Mada balada shatabasis. Who posted my scripture? Act. Don't start. Go back to where you, we have not finished the first part from 11. From 11 to 13, we are not done. Act 19, 11 to 13. God should help us to know my battery is 70% already. All right. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul so that from his body we are brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirit went out of them. Then setting, so look at this now. Then setting of the Jews, exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. So when they saw Paul did what he did, they now said, okay, we too, let's try it. They went to call a man. Bible said them. So it was not one man. They call people that have evil spirits. Okay, let's read on. To them, to call over them which have evil spirits. 
the name of the Lord Jesus. We adjure you. Okay, so they were praying now, and they said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we adjure you, as we command you, to come out hmm, by Jesus, whom Paul preached. So you see why I said that for you to cast out demons, you must know Jesus. So now, they don't know Jesus. What they are saying, we saw handkerchief and apron from Paul taken away, giving to people, and they did miracles. So now, when the Jesus that Paul mentioned, okay, so now we are commanding you to go. And I told you earlier, the name of Jesus is not just a statement or a name. It is a location. You don't just call it outside the name and get a result. You must be seated inside the name. Let's continue. Verse 14. I just pray somebody is catching this thing tonight. You will just realize your level in the spirit have just changed. Look at this. And there were seven sons of one skeva, a Jew, and the chief of priests with this soul. And the evil spirit answered and said, so demons can talk. Evil spirit can talk. All right, they can talk. Answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? So evil spirit also have knowledge. I told you earlier, they can see, they can hear. Evil spirits also have knowledge. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? So they were, they be, the evil spirit, the moment they told them, come out, they began to check the data, began to check the hierarchy of the person talking to them. Why are you telling us to come out? Who are you? When they went to check, they saw that, ah, we know that the people that cast us out around here is Jesus. And Paul started after Paul began to follow Jesus. But these people that he's talking, we have not seen their name in Paul. We have not seen their name in Jesus. So who are you? So most of you now listening to me, it is ironic and it is painful that when you pray, the devils are asking, who are you? So if you're listening to me now, oh, Father, as I pray, any power fighting me, die. And the demons say, who is that person? Who are you? We don't know you. Oh, oh, God, of Pastor Norbert. Let's check, let's check. Oh, God, of Pastor Norbert. Does he follow Pastor Norbert? Okay, is there any the meeting on Paul being? What is his commitment? Nothing. Okay, there's no connection. Oh, yeah, bitter, fire. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm, I'm being serious now. So you don't get because you mentioned the name. No. No. You must be inside. What is your commitment? What is your connection? It must be checked. So they said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Look at the verse 16. Verse 16 said, And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded so imagine evil spirit beating pastors so most of us after i pray things were worse me i'll be looking at you what is your connection that is the problem because you went to assess a demon bigger than you you went to consult and command a demon bigger than you you power fighting my finance out and the demon came to check who is telling me out he check you no backing no connection nothing my friend finish all the money that's how problem began does he pay tight? No. Does he, uh, what, what is this? Nothing. I beg, finish this one. It has nothing to do for us. So in the realms of the spirit, there must be a connection. You must be connected to somebody that is connected to somebody that connects to Jesus. It is start by you getting born again, but it's very important that you be under an authority. 
it starts by you that one you can't escape it if you like have 20 spiritual father and you don't know jesus you are you are wasted you are wasted i want us to pray 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 listen living a victorious christian life is possible the woman couldn't stop what was stopping her but jesus came one word from jesus young man rise up change the situation from tears into laughter your situation can change but what authority are you walking by who is backing you do you know what is fighting you have you commanded it to go did they respond if they did not respond why didn't they respond